Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger. And today I am joined with special guest, Brittany Gable. Brittany, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. And we are going to be talking about five common protein myths today. But first, we want to give you a little bit of a life update. Last time that Brittany was on, we were talking about mini cuts. So I feel like that was at least five or six weeks ago. I can't remember. Um, Oh, you're still on mute, I think. No. (laughs) Oh, no, you're not. I just couldn't hear you. Okay. Um, So give our audience a little bit of an update on how your mini cut's going. So I'm down about a little over 10 pounds so far now. That's amazing. And I've got about five more pounds to go for my goal to get um, to the lake. And yeah, it's just been going good. I'm just following everything every day and um, just marking off things, trying to like beat my steps every week. And um, I have cardio on my, on the Stairmaster now. And so it tells me at the end, like how many floors I hit. So I try to get at least one or two more floors. So I know like I'm trying to increase my intensity each time. And yeah, the, my strength is finally coming back. I'm finally feeling strong in the gym. And, uh, the biggest part is I'm finally feeling like more confident just in my body and, uh, just the way I feel and my clothes and stuff, everything's starting to fit better and I'm just getting more confident. So feeling good and ready for the next five weeks until the lake. So. Yeah. And she's five weeks out and five more pounds and you've been losing about a little over actually a pound a week, but, um, your body's an anomaly because we just keep feeding you more each week and you keep losing every week. So, um, metabolism is definitely kicking back in. So before we hop into our protein miss, we wanted to announce a challenge that we're doing. This is unlike any other challenge that we've ever done before. Usually we do like a bikini challenge and things like that, but this is our, um, very unique. So I wanted, and this was kind of you and Lee Marie's brainchild. So I wanted you to describe, you know, what it's all about and how it's different than what we've normally done. So, um, I've just been seeing a lot of people doing like 75 hard and, um, I want, I was like, that's such a good challenge, but some of the things like we don't agree with so much. Um, And also, like I was thinking, this would be a great thing to challenge um, competitors, um, whether they're starting their prep, whether they're getting ready to get into a prep or somebody that just is getting ready for summer and want to look good and feel good. So um, we always usually do a challenge in the summer. So I was like, let how can we make this different and um, grab a little bit more attention and like wanting to do the challenge. And so I thought about this 75 hard and was like, how can we make this more bikini? How can we make this more um, towards like what we already do? And so um, we came up with the Glam Girl Grit Challenge. And um, so it's going to be 90 days. And it's going to give you the opportunity to completely transform your mind, your body, 
and your habits. Um, so within that, you're gonna do a 45 minute workout every day. You're gonna do a 30 minute outdoor activity. So that can be going on a walk, um, going hiking, anything outside, bike rides, um, and then drinking a gallon of water, macros. Um, so we'll be giving everybody a set macro point to hit every day. So we'll want them to be within those targets. And then the accountability check-in weekly. So um, the deadline to sign up is uh, Tuesday, May 30th, and we're going to start it June 1st and go through August 30th. And we're going to be giving some really cool prizes away for not just the physical transformation, but also mental transformation, because this is, yes, we want to have transformation. Yes, we want to have results and all those things, but I, we tend to like, think it's really good to have mental growth too. And that does happen just by going through, um, you know, a program to lose weight or to gain muscle or anything that you have to like follow that does give you mental growth. But this is going to be even like a step above that. Um, and you'll learn a lot more about yourself, about how to um, structure your schedule, um, that kind of stuff. So that way you can still get all those tasks done every day. And it's definitely doable. So. Yeah. And one of the things too, that we've never done before is, um, have them read 10 pages of a nonfiction yeah. book. Um, so that's going to be helpful for the mental growth part as well. I think. Yeah, that'll be amazing. I, I'm, I'm actually going to try to do the challenge too, cause I need, I want to start reading and, um, self-help books anything about bodybuilding, nutrition, all that kind of stuff that would give me the opportunity to do that. And then I'd feel good because I hit my 10 pages every day. So yeah. And it's just like daily checkoff tasks, you know, so you're more in love with the process than the end result and the final product. So switching gears, we're going to talk about protein myths and I have to um, always give shout outs <laughs> to where I find my information and kind of get my ideas. So Dr. Lane Norton has a great YouTube channel, uh, bio lane, and then also Jeff Nippard. Um, they actually paired up for some of these questions that we're going to talk about. So I'm going to hop right into the first protein myth. And it is, you can only absorb X amount of protein per meal. And we wanted to kind of debunk this. So the first thing I want to address is just absorption and kind of like what that definition is, because absorption, when people use that term, I think they're not really understanding what that actually means. So absorption is the breakdown of the molecules from the digested food materials, and you're going to absorb whatever you eat. Otherwise, you would have like basically instant diarrhea because these whole food particles would, you know, have to be like purged out of your system. So they, um, the average person really, I think what this is kind of alluding to is like what, what is actually optimal where you will utilize rather than absorb using kind of a different term than that. What are you going to utilize the best for maximum muscle protein synthesis to occur and maximal muscle growth? So Brittany, did you want to go into kind of like the grams of protein that 
people should have um, per serving and things like that? So um, they basically said the best like range is about 20 to 40 grams of protein um, per meal that is optimal for muscle growth. So what that looks like, that's a big range, right? So um, when you have higher quality um, proteins that have a higher leucine amount, you're going to be able to get away with more the 20 gram range rather than if you're like a vegan or something like that, um, you're going to require more like 40 grams of protein per, per meal for optimal muscle growth. Um, or say you're going to have, um, yeah, really any vegan protein. Um, otherwise like animal proteins, whey protein, stuff like that. The 20 grams is, is the minimum. Yeah. And I think just making sure that all nine essential amino acids are consumed. So our body cannot make those nine essential amino acids. So we have to get those from sources outside of it. The plant, and we'll get into this a little bit more in depth, but plant sources are never complete. They never have all nine. So um, yeah, that's basically what we're going to get into for another myth, which is number two. And that is basically you can't build muscle on a vegan diet. So this is definitely not true. As we mentioned, they just have to get a little bit more protein. They're also going to have to get a lot wider variety of protein sources because certain plant-based items, they're missing one or two of the nine essential amino acids. So it takes a lot more planning to be a vegan. It takes a lot more work. You have to be diligent on it. Um, it's doable, but the reason why the majority of our vegans, their macros are set way higher in protein than an omnivore is that they have to get so many different sources in. And so the majority of their calories consumed are going to be strategic ways of getting different parts of that amino acid profile into their system. Uh, did you want to kind of mention like what, what they do, like if they're in a calorie deficit, so if they're, they're in contest prep, some other things that they may have to think about. With being vegan, a lot of the vegan protein sources are going to come with fat and carbs as well. And so it makes it even harder to hit that protein total daily amount. And so by adding isolated like vegan whey protein, that can help. Um, and then in a cutting phase, um, it just is more having more of that whey protein because we cut fats and carbs to help us lose the body fat. Um, and then in order to have a similar like muscle growth of a carnivore diet, then um, you'll you need to have more like protein sources and it just yeah it takes more time more planning um, but it's definitely doable um my client sarah she did phenomenal last year um and she was a vegan and she gained muscle like crazy <laughs> um so yeah it's definitely doable um it just takes a little bit more time and planning um but definitely just making sure to get nine essential amino acids from like, um, not just food, but like drinking EAAs as well can, can substitute some of the, um, essential amino acids that you don't get from a vegan diet. 
Yeah. And there's really good vegan protein powders. So we'll put some links in um, our description box, but if you have like the first form vegan protein powder, it has very, very low carbs. Um, so you just have to look at the nutrition, do your due diligence. You know, it's an, a pea protein and it's, it's less carbs and fats than most uh, vegan types of protein sources. So like if you're looking at tofu, you're going to be higher in fats. Um, a lot, I know a lot of clients like seitan because it's lower in fat. So you just have to, you know, make sure you're doing your due diligence there because like seitan, for example, it's wheat and that's lower in leucine. Um, so yeah, just kind of being strategic with it. And then myth number three that we're going to bust is post-workout nutrition needs to be within 30 minutes um, because of the anabolic window. So we do have this as one of our guidelines and recommendations for our athletes. So athletes don't get confused. Yes, it is more optimal to get it within 30 minutes. Um, but if you have, let's say, for example, um, if you've trained fasted, which we never recommend, uh, then you're basically, you're going to need to eat right away. You're not even going to want to wait 30 minutes. Um, if you have eaten right before you lifted, you have some time there a little bit more, especially if you're hitting like a shorter workout, you don't need to eat right within that 30 minutes, like two to three hours could be okay. And it's all about also just the more important big picture item is that you're getting total daily protein intake correct. So for prep lifers, we do need to be a little bit more strategic about like our pre-workout nutrition our post-workout nutrition if we want to maximize muscle growth. But there is some leeway when it comes to, you know, depending on what you ate before you worked out. Any other thoughts that you have, Britt? Yeah, really. And, and a lot of people will just try to overanalyze these little things like what we're talking about today. And, and at the end of the day, as long as you're hitting your total daily protein intake, that really is what's important. Um, but if we do want to optimize all of our results, all of our muscle growth, all that, then yeah, we do want to be a little bit more strategic with our peri-workout nutrition. So our before, our during, or after, some people have carbs during as well. Um, but like before and after is really important. Um, but it's not so direly important that you have to like, oh my gosh, it's 30 minutes. I have to eat. I'm in the middle of traffic. I'm going to be even getting an accident because I'm trying to get home and have my protein bar. <laughs> like, my anabolic window. <laughs> Otherwise I don't get the gains. They don't count. So it's not that serious. As long as your pre and post-workout are two to four hours between each other. Um, and usually a workout takes an hour to two hours, depending on what you're doing. Um, so as long as you're eating afterwards and you're not going prolonged time, um, you're totally fine. But yes, if you're fasted, definitely by no means do not wait. Just bring that meal with you to the gym and eat as soon as you're done working out. Yeah, which we really don't recommend because, and we'll get into that with actually myth number five, but it, you're, you really need that protein bolus to turn muscle protein synthesis on. It's like a switch. 
So getting that 20 grams at least of a high quality protein pre-workout is super important as well. Uh, number four, branch chain amino acid supplements are important to have daily. So I've definitely, as you know, this industry evolves, I think if you're a trainer and a coach and you stay up on the literature and the nuances that happen all the time, and you're one of those people that just knows like things aren't always going to be absolutes. Things aren't always going to be, you know, what, how you did things, you know, 10, five years ago, it's going to change with new research, new research, new evidence, and also just like anecdotally too. But I think a lot of the evidence that has been shown um, with the induction of like EAAs, which are essential amino acids, those are the nine essential amino acids, whereas branch chain BCAA is known as, they have three of the essential amino acids. So I, in my opinion, personally, like just with what I've seen in the science behind things is just that I feel like EAAs, now that they've come out with those, they're more superior to the BCAAs. And it just shows that that's going to be something that, especially like you said, like vegans and people that train fasted, they're going to need those nine essential amino acids if they're not getting them from a whole food source. Now you can probably get away if you had like, you know, some egg whites or something before um, a workout or some whey protein, a complete protein beforehand, you probably don't even need to waste your money on them. In all honesty, like they, uh, you know, if you're getting whole food sources pre and post workout and you're being doing your due diligence there, you probably don't need them. Um, that's, that's my opinion. I will give you one of my own personal examples of where I use EAAs is I do fasted cardio before I eat my first meal. So just so I'm protecting my muscle tissue so it doesn't break down with my cardio, I do sip on EAAs. Mine in particular, which again, we'll put those in the show notes, like the, the links for these, but mine has a little bit of caffeine in it. Uh, it's powdered. It's I used the lemon drop from First Form. It's really, really good, really tasty. But when I'm in close contest prep or if I don't want caffeine or artificial sweeteners, then I'll do the anabolic bridge, which is the pill form. And I just prefer those. Um, they do make a BCAA, but I just want to make sure I have all nine when I'm doing my cardio so that I don't break it down any tissue. It's like putting a shield on my muscles. So any thoughts on BCAAs for you? I think I totally agree. I think BCAAs are kind of a waste of money, really, to be honest. Um, but EAAs, I don't think they're a waste of money. I think there's just a time and place to have them. Yes, if you have a full um, protein that you're eating and whole foods, that's always going to trump drinking EAAs um, because you're getting the calories too with it. And, um, but I do think EAs are very well to use, um, during fasted anything. Um, and then also like during your workouts, um, you know, if you tend to like, feel like you dip down in energy or something like that, um, I tend to drink those too, um, during those times. And it does help me kind of push through my workout and still be able to give it all my effort. So, Yeah. Yeah. And anabolic bridge, it's called that because 
anabolic. So if you're, you're trying to bridge the gap, so let's say you're going to go for a long amount of time. I would give you the example of like a surgeon. Let's say they're going into surgery. They ate a meal before, but they're in there for hours upon hours upon hours. My suggestion to those kind of people would be to take the anabolic bridge before they go into surgery to again, protect the muscles since you're not having like frequent protein bolus. Um, anytime you're going to have like a long space between meals, especially if you're in a, um, pretty severe deficit. So before we move on to the next, the final question, um, I did want to mention that with BCAAs, because I'm a person that used to excessively drink them all day long as part of like just putting them in my water to flavor it. And what I found out, and I was really glad that Lacey Dunn, I, I don't know if you listened to her podcast, um, Faith and Fit, but she's a registered dietitian. And she was talking about some of the research that shows that if you're constantly drinking BCAAs throughout the day, that your body is uh, falsely kind of spiking into protein synthesis. And then when you actually eat your whole food bolus of that protein, your, um, your spikes in muscle protein synthesis kind of like get a little bit blunted because you're constantly spiking that by drinking the BCAAs. Um, if you really overdo it, there are certain things that can kind of happen. Some negative side effects, and this is really overdoing it, but insulin resistance, liver damage, nausea, fatigue, those are all kind of side effects if you way overdo it. Um, okay. Getting into the last myth. So essential amino acid supplements are superior to BCAAs. Yes. I obviously agree. We've talked about this, like agnosium with like all these different protein myths. Um, I really don't have anything else to add on EAAs because I think that we've kind of covered that, but did you have anything else, any closing thoughts? No, I just, the closing thought would just be, make sure you get your protein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Long bits without protein that you're either supplementing with EAAs or the anabolic bridge, um, something that's going to keep you in that much muscle protein synthesis, but yes, do not overdo it because you're going to regret it. <laughs> Yeah. So in reality, you know, these five myths, there's, you know, there's always some truth to everything. It's just some of it's semantics, like the way that things were worded. Um, and so we just hopefully clarified some of those myths and debunked them as far as that goes. So with that, we will um, encourage you all to sign up for the glam girl, the glam girl grit challenge. <laughs> Is it the glam and grit challenge? That's that's a better way of saying it, right? Glam and grit. Yeah, so sign up for the glam and grit challenge. We'll have the link to sign up in the show notes. Be sure to check that out. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Anger, signing off with Coach Brittany Gable. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>